Good evening, and welcome to Georgia Pia Radio. I am your host for this evening, Tuesday, December 3rd. Boston-based freelance writer and avid music lover, G. Valentino Ball, lives in the digital space, and if you ask him and his business partner, Brandon Matthews, from Show Off Marketing, they plan to run it with their new entertainment site, Killer Boombox. G's work has appeared in Boston Globe, Boston.com, Examiner.com, and more. Brandon's marketing company's work has appeared in major clubs and music, event, music events in Boston and New York City, as well as in the hands of some of your favorite celebrities. It's no wonder they tuned up to bring you the best in cultural content. With all the other entertainment sites fighting for their recognition, Brandon and Greg join me tonight to share their views on running the digital space, how they plan to do it, and why they're not your basic entertainment hub. Brandon, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Hi, how are you? Going on. I'm chilling, waiting for Greg. Got and I'm like, I got him. Is I got him. He's on my Greg line. Greg is right here. Okay. Uh, cool, I got cool, him. Cool. I called him, and then we called you. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, Greg, I'm going to start with you. How did you get into writing? My writing career started while I was in college, and it really, quite honestly, kind of fell in my lap. You know, when I went to school, I was I was pretty much determined to be a filmmaker. Um, I was an art major in school with a concentration in film and a minor in communications. So I really, you know, the only thing I'd ever written before in terms of, like, a newspaper type stuff was, you know, I'd never written anything like that. The only thing I'd ever written before was papers for school. And it, it just kind of came to me one day, and it really it really boiled down to me and um, my friends. I was um, I was working on campus, and I was working for the student artist department. So basically what I would do on campus is I'd book shows and anything that was involved with music, any of the larger concerts on campus, I did that. Um, one day we got a call from the Boston Globe, and they were doing these focus groups. They did one with, you know, different people from different community sectors, and they did one with um, college students, and they brought, you know, they brought us in. So they had kids from Harvard, from all the different schools, and they called my school, and my school suggested I go. And, you know, me and my best friend at the time went, because, you know, we were like, cool, we can go to the Globe, and we can get some free lunch. Sign us up. We went in, and, you know, it was funny because some of the other kids, you could tell that they were interested in being journalism majors and that kind of stuff, and that really wasn't my thing. So they were asking us questions about what we thought about the coverage from the paper and stuff like that, and, you know, I just gave them my honest opinion. You know, I just said, well, you know, I think your paper's whack because you do this, 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 and this wrong. You don't talk about this, this, and this. And then I asked a bunch of questions. Fast forward to the end of the, ne- end of the afternoon, one of the editors, you know, I guess she was kind of intrigued by what I was saying. It was like, you know, if you ever think about something you want to write, you know, let let us know. And she gave me her business card. You know, I really didn't think anything of it. I thought it was kind of, you know, cool. Maybe it's a, you know, good connection to have. And never, you know, didn't think of anything of it after that. Maybe about a week or two later, two of the men, of the young men that were in the scholarship program that I was involved in that actually got me into school were killed separately. One was in Atlanta away at school and was coming from the library and got into an altercation with some guys, and he was shot and killed. And another guy was coming home from a party, and he was shot and killed. And these are two men that had, you know, weren't involved in any kind of negative behavior. They were really just going to school trying to improve their life, and that just kind of hit me, and it was the first thing that I wrote about. And it just, you know, I reached out to the the woman from the Globe, the editor from the Globe, asked asked her would she be interested in that, and I told her and explained my connection to it, and that was the first thing I wrote professionally was for the Boston Globe, and it was kind of a tribute to Arondi and Chris, that's the two brothers that that were murdered. So that was the first thing I ever wrote, and it kind of told me very quickly, one, there was a little bit of a larger responsibility to being in that position. 
And that's kind of why it was important for me to write it, because I wanted their story told correctly, because very often, you know, you hear the story, oh, these two guys got killed while they were away at school. Oh, they must have been doing something wrong. No, they weren't. It's just the senseless violence that we're all kind of caught up in. And here are two guys who were actively working to get out of it and not only get out of it for themselves, but also were kind of pegged as leaders for tomorrow, and they were both killed. So I wanted people to have a real understanding of who they were, and that was kind of the driving force of it. And that's ultimately, you know, that led me to kind of being known around, like, my friends who were involved in the music business. They kind of pushed me towards, you know, different people that were doing magazines. And, you know, I kind of started to take it seriously because I understood the importance of the job. And so that that's kind of what led to you led you to doing a lot more writing and, and kind of getting immersed in journalism, you would say then. It's definitely. Because, you know, like I said, I my my whole thing was I was gonna make movies. You know, I was gonna make features or documentaries. So I hadn't you know, I I had always thought that professionally there was gonna be something another dimension to my work. Like it wasn't gonna be just entertainment for entertainment's sake. It was always gonna have a little bit more of a you know, a connection to other people and have a little bit more of a purpose, for lack of a better or a better term. But you know, when I discovered the the, the situation with writing, it just kind of kind of blossomed from there. So then from there, there were a couple of other local magazines and websites here in the Boston area that I started writing for. You know, I started writing for like I, I've done stuff for the Phoenix, I've done stuff for the Globe, and I I was doing stuff for the Globe for on a regular basis, like really just music related stuff. But then I would write, you know, other things for other people. So, you know, I started doing interviews with artists and, you know, then, you know, at the time that was a, there was a big into other stuff. Exactly. So that just kind of built from there. So, you know, I've been writing ever since. Well, I mean, fast forward then. So you and, and, and Brandon, you all have this new entertainment website, Killer Boombox. Obviously, that's what tonight's episode is about. Killer Boombox slides running the digital space. But, Brandon, you don't really have a background in journalism. You know, you are CEO of your own company dealing with marketing, guerrilla marketing at that. How did you and, and G link up and what became what is known now as Killer Boombox? How did that happen? Well, uh, we've been tight over the years just through our um – always being around, you know, a lot of the music scene in Boston, um, with A, with him, you know, being a journalist for, you know, the, the things that he writes for, and also with him having a company called Polymore Music, you know, I was always affiliated with him through, you know, his, his partner, you know, Joey, and, you know, him running with Dre Robinson and Amani and a bunch of others, so we just kind of always seen that out and about and just developed a pretty, you know, relationship because we both have a uh, a serious appreciation for, uh, you know, good music and not a bunch of nonsense. I think that was one of the things that kind of kept us, you know, tight over the years. And um, us doing the site together was more along the lines of I wanted to start a site, but me not being a journalist, I didn't want to come across, you know, doing something kind of whack. And him already having a site, you know, that he wanted to put out. And him, obviously, A, being the journalist that he is, but us also having a common, you know, liking of the same thing. So it just kind of worked out. It was, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's interesting, though. I mean, I've, I checked out the site, love the site. Obviously, the backdrop is, is a boombox. And, and speaking of boombox, why the name Killer Boombox? And the reason why I ask is because initially I. I almost got it mixed up with AOL's The Boombox, which is their urban entertainment blog. But I guess what? why the name Killer Boombox? Why would that be a name that would stand out from the rest of the other urban sites that are out there now? It came, well, the Killer Boombox came for a couple of reasons. And, you know, Brandon is is, is being a little um, 
uh, a little shy. Like he's he's being very shy in in the sense that he's he's very active in the in the entertainment business, and he's one of the key people. Like he talked about why we ended up coming together. He's one of the key people in our area. You know, I think in the Northeast, and I think that one of the reasons why we both felt very comfortable being partners is that we understood the seriousness and we had a, a, a deep respect for each other. Like, we, not just our musical taste, but also the business side of it. Like, I know they're branding. There are a lot of cats who say they do stuff, but he actually does it. You know what I mean? Like, he actually does all the things that a lot of guys say, oh, well, I was rubbing shoulder, you know, I was rubbing elbows with that guy. No, that that's somebody who's in, you know, in B's phone, and he can get him on the phone just because that's his friend. So his level of, of his relationships, his expertise in, in the marketing side, and, you know, just being who he was, like, he personality-wise, we work well together because we click and we think alike, and we just have different areas of expertise. So that's kind of one of the main things. I want to put that out there. But to answer your question, <laughs> um, the reason Killer Boombox is, you know, originally I just I wanted something that just felt hip-hop. You know what I mean? I wanted something that just kind of was iconic and really kind of drove that home. So initially it, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe the boombox, and then obviously that's taken. So I just was kind of mulling it over, and just the whole idea of something. I wanted something kind of aggressive sounding, so that's where the killer part of it is. And I think I was, I honestly think that I was watching, it was either, I want to say like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, something like that like with some surfer right. dudes, and somebody said, you know, there was some killer waves out there today, da 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 or something, and that just clicked. I was like, what if Killer Boombox was this? I just killer boombox, and I said it a couple of times. Killer boombox. That's kind of dope. Like I, I, I don't like the way it sounded. Then I started. Then my mind started racing and thinking about like different, you know, just different visuals that could be attached attached to it. And what are all the things that we could go that could go with that? And I just, like I said, I just liked the sound of it, and it it just sounded outside of the 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 norm. And then you know the URL was available, so snatched it, and you know there we are. I mean, of course, that's definitely important to snag the URL immediately. Well, then let's get into the meat of it then with, with Killer Boombox. You mentioned you wanted something iconic, something that sounded hip-hop. But, you know, what? who is your target audience? What What is on this site? Is it just hip-hop? What else, what, uh, what are you talking about on this site or writing about, Sean said? Well, I mean, the site is definitely, it is, you know, obviously one of my first loves is hip-hop, but I yeah. think, that the best way to kind of explain it is that we are urban bloggazine, kind of like we're Flash Beats with a magazine and a blog, of urban bloggazine that's kind of committed to bringing you stuff that's fresh. So we want to bring you cutting edge, you know, obviously want to bring you the cutting edge stuff, the, the newest stuff, the stuff that's on the pulse of the culture, but we also want to expose and kind of create content that is dynamic and kind of different from what else, what everybody else is doing. And, you know, that comes from us having a little bit of a critical ear and a critical eye into what we put on the site. So there's things that we do put on the site sometimes that we just, you know, this is something that's hot. It's kind of something I know people will be gravitating towards. And then there's stuff that we that we put up. This is stuff that's hot. This is something we, we feel like you need to know about. Like this is something that's going to be important. And then also we want to create content that is connected to the lives of people within, with the, of young people all around the world. So if you love and you're connected to urban culture, and it's not really just about hip-hop, but it's it's about urban music in, in all its forms. So it can be dancehall sometimes. It can be R&B. It can be hip-hop. It can be all the different shades of hip-hop. It can be house music sometimes. If you're connected to urban culture and urban music, 
then, you know, Killer Boom Boss has got something for you. So who would you so you I want to add a little bit something to that. Oh, yeah, Y'all go ahead. Go ahead, Brandon. want to be the complete opposite of what some of these, like, trivial urban sites are doing because I feel like Definitely. there are a lot of things that misrepresent us in a lot of ways and we wanted to kind of be like that one site that people could go to that whether they were 16 or 46 that would kind of get a better understanding of this music because you know I feel like a lot of people a lot of kids they go and they you know I don't want to call out any specific sites you know just due to my, my marketing company but um you know there are a lot of sites that put a lot of nonsense up there that definitely misrepresent us to a lot of people and so when some kid's parent goes on that site and they see, you know, they may be going on there to look for a music video, but then they go and see bum fights and, you know, strippers' hair catches on fire and all this other nonsense. Yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> related to them at all. Yeah. You know, you're right. We definitely don't want to be in a position where we're kind of capitalizing or kind of, it's, it's weird. For me, I just don't like that kind of living in a negative space. And now that doesn't mean that we're not going to talk about things that, are difficult. Like right now, we have a um, a new writer that joined us, Olivia Slaughter, who I call Slaughterhouse. She just wrote a piece on the whole concept of but the rape culture. Rape, and yeah, right? rape, exactly, is rape being taken seriously as right. as a word within within popular culture? And you know, that's the kind of stuff that we want to put on the site. Like, you know, yeah, we're gonna have we may have some silly stuff on there because this stuff is out there that's funny and silly, but it's not the kind of thing where I want I don't want anybody to ever come to Killer Boombox and be like, yo, this is just some exploitive junk that's trying to make money off the off the misery of people or mm-hmm. or trying to just show just craziness. That like Brandon was saying, it just kind of puts us in a negative light. We may discuss negative things, but it's not going to be a situation where we're going to be profiteering off of the foolishness. I mean, no, I get what you're saying. I read Olivia's piece. I thought that was really well well written, and it was it was something. It, it kind of brought back to me that because that was the reason why. And you know, I've worked with Brandon, so I know Brandon on the on the business level and the personal level as well. And he definitely means what he says and says what he means. And and he knows me as far as the type of music I listen to. And I'm I'm very sensitive to a lot of massage mystic lyrics or just lyrics that are really brash. And when she made the point about rape culture and hip-hop, it had me thinking, because people use that as a verb now. Like, it's so free. Like, oh, I'm going to rape this beat or I'm just going to rape. And, I'm, and, and when she made those points, you are thinking about it in the, in the perspective of, of uh, an actual rape victim. You're looking at it as, oh, 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 I know what they mean. So, no, I definitely get it as far as, like, the other salacious sites. Everyone knows who they are. We don't need to mention them, but... I think that's great that you all are staying away from that. So with, I know Brandon has mentioned that like, young folks, do you know a range of your readers or who you all want to target? Is it like 18 to 34-year-olds? Is it, you know, 18 to 54-year-olds? I mean, do you have an idea of who the killer boom box is targeting? I've never really approached it. who you want them to target. Uh, well, I mean, I was going to say, I've never really approached it, and that's probably going to be a question that Brandon will eventually have to answer. Right. But I've never really approached it from an age group or a demographic point of view. I, I've okay. always approached it from a mindset point of view. If you love great music and you want to see, you know, intelligent discussion about it, you want to see well-written reviews, you want to see, you know, intelligent interviews, you know, I, one of the things that I remember is I remember when The Source was originally created. And one of the reasons... Yeah. If you look back at that time, one of the reasons that they said that they created it was because they wanted a magazine that took hip-hop seriously. You know what I mean? Because at the time, all you really had was Right On and those kind of magazines. So they wanted to get something that had the, the serious journalism feel of like a Rolling Stone but around hip-hop. That's kind of kind of like a driving force for me. Like I want to... You know, I want to have a serious, intelligent discussion about urban music, whatever music that may be. You know, and but then at the same time, you know, 
we're all wise guys. So, you know, there's going to be some snarky comments here and there. But even even within our desire to kind of entertain people with a little humor as we put in pieces, it's still never going to be like a mean-spirited kind of tone that you see with some of the other spots. Like, people mm-hmm. say some of the wildest, most outlandish stuff. And, like, in real life, you're not built like that. Some of them are lies, like, too. I think that's what kind of crazy. Like, you know, like, we're, like you're going to talk crazy on the Internet. And this and this is and this is one of the reasons why, like, me, Brandon, and also our other partner, Darius, who's, like, the third, third, um, okay. third like, I cannot forget him. We kind of all come from a mindset in, of, like, we know the responsibility of the words that we say. You know what I mean? So I know that if I say something crazy on the Internet to somebody, I can fully expect that someone will say something to me about that. And I think that we have a lot of people who don't understand that. Like, that's they, either they haven't had the life experience or whatever, so they say outlandish stuff, they put outlandish stuff, they don't think of the, of the repercussions of what they create. You know what I mean? I think that's something that we do. And that, and then another piece of this important for us, killer, is to give people opportunities. Like, Olivia is a 19-year-old freshman in, in college. Oh, okay. You know, this is one of her first pieces that she's ever written and the opportunity mm-hmm. for for her to kind of get that experience and to get the positive feedback and to know that she can build, you know, start to put the building box blocks of her career together is something that, you know, I'm excited about being able to, to afford her the opportunity through through what we're doing. You are still fairly new. When did you start this site and, and how have you seen things progress as far as like the number of visitors that you all have? You all have now since the inception. Um, well, I mean, we've we've been up since April fourth of uh, okay. of this year, where um, we've seen like a steady progression. We've actually been lucky enough to kind of double our readership every month in terms of unique viewers on a daily basis. And I've, I've I'm I'm happy to say that you know the reaction that I get when I talk to artists or when I talk to people, like people in the street, like, yo, I check your site every day. Oh, yo, you know, like artists that are con- that are connected that I see on a regular basis, they are, they're kind of getting it. You know, I think Brandon's had some of that feedback as well. No, I mean, I, I, I feel like that became one of my sites that, I, I know I have a, a couple of sites that I could check for entertainment news and Killer Moonbox is definitely one of them. They're in my reader. So anytime I get anytime there's updates on the site, you know, I make sure I, I get a chance to read it. Brandon, well this one's for you. I know you're well versed in social media, entertainment, pop culture and the like. What are some of the trends that that you're seeing musically and how will Killer Boombox be able to satisfy that demographic? Or even um, those trends? It's it's we're we're just basically jumping into it, but um I feel like a lot of people are just kind of trained now that, you know, they want to look and discover new music or they want to go out and they want to find that, you know, new project that's, that they know is going to be circulating in the Internet. First place they do is they go to a, you know, they go to a website versus before, you know, they go and, you know, they go to a store or they go to, a, you know, iTunes or whatever. You know, they don't have to go to those places, especially if they're looking at urban culture. But I feel like with um, a lot of things that they're doing, at, you know, online, um, for the average person who, who's looking for a specific type of music, I feel like we, we can fill that void. You know, that kid that wants to look for, you know, that new mixtape or that new, you know, project or they want to know about that new video or whatever, that outlet to come to us and, you know, check out and see what we're putting up. Kind of through our, kind of through what we like. Um, I don't think that the average person who's going to look for a Chopper's new mixtape is going to go to killerboombox.com. I think that the kind of, 
the image that we put out there is that we're kind of putting out that music that's kind of quality for a lot of different people, not just the South, not just the East, not just, you know, specific person. But I think they they hold, I think that the music that we've posted so far has kind of held uh, an image of, you know, it's got to be like good music or, you know, quality music that a lot of people are going to be into. So I feel like that's one thing for us. Um, obviously, we've really gone out and exploited a lot of our social media reach yet, which is actually getting ready to be put into into plan actually starting in about two weeks okay. coming in with our new logo and everything else. So I don't think we've really grasped the concept of, of utilizing heavy social media yet, though we've had a strong, you know, Twitter following. We've utilized, you know say a lot of cross promotion. I know we, we tried out one with uh with Wale and Warner Brothers for the last month, Greg, or a month before that. November, yeah, because the record drops in November, so November, yeah, that was, you know, that was just something that was, that just made sense for us and them, and and that comes from our reputations and our abilities and our, our relationships, and that kind of what, I think in a lot of ways will help us stand out in kind of the, in the landscape, you know, you know, Brandon talked about it, we, we want to put the best of the best out there, you know what I mean, so, you know, even when it comes to, we're, we're both met through the, um, the Boston music scene, and, you know, we're trying to make sure that if I'm going to put something on the site from Boston, it's going to be the best thing that I can find in the area or something that truly is really rocking and, and that people are connecting to. Because, you know, if I can put a Boston artist on the site and they're right next to Wale and they're right next to J. Cole, you know, that kind of gives them and, and people are kind of understanding what we do as a site and our philosophy and how we come across and what we create, then that can only do something great for that artist, kind of raise their profile. But again, it's it's about making the putting out the best of the best. So we're going to try to put the best music or here's something that's important that you should pay attention to or, you know, this is something you may be looking for. Check it out. We got it here. You know, give us your feedback. And we want it to be very interactive. We want people to talk to us and, like, right. you know, I like that. You know, I didn't like that. You know, and there's going to be opportunities. You talked about the social media side. One of the things we're going to be doing on a more regular basis is live tweeting from events. It's something we've done in the past, that I've done in the past. Um, B does it as well. So we're going to see more of that because people love that connects us to it. We do live live tweeting of the war shows and, you know, that play by play and that interaction with people is something that they love. So, you know, we'll be seeing that on a regular basis. We got a, we got a couple was, of tricks that was up segue, that's, that, that was the next thing that I, I was I was gonna ask you all about as far as the trends that you're seeing and how people are, you know, or how content's being produced and received because now just how friends said we, we we look at magazines on on the shelves, but it's not the same. You want it when you want it. So, you know, what are some of the trends that you all are seeing in, in those regards when it comes to for how people are receiving their content and even how they're producing the content now? Well, I mean, on the production side, I think that, and you'll see this with Killer over this year, like we've had discussions about where we're going to go, you know, on the long run, and it definitely we will we'll be having more self-produced content. Um, so, you know, we have a new show that's coming, um, a review show with myself, Dart Adams from um, from Bastard Swordsman, and you've probably seen him all over the Internet and Twitter, and then Marlene Boyette, who has her own blog called The Restless Mind, which is incredible. So the three of us together are doing a show called Right Club, which is going to be basically where we um, review, you know, key releases, and, you know, it's basically a roundtable um, review show. So that's going to be a new yeah. new something that you see that's going to become. We have a couple of, of different things kind of along those lines. So we're going to have our content is going to be diversified. So there's going to be, you know, web shows. There's going to be podcasts. 
We already do mixtapes. We have a mixtape series that we do with um, DJ Jazz called Press Play, and we're going to be adding additional ones of those and additional podcasts throughout the year and additional shows. And then content for us is expanding even beyond those things, you know, so it's going to go beyond that to creating events. So we have a we have actually a pretty big plan on how we're going to attack this. Yeah, I look I look forward to seeing that show. Brent, do you all see future partnerships taking place with labels, but like similar to what you all did with Wale and Warner Brothers? Do you all see that happening with, or is that the goal, I guess, in regards to other artists and, and kind of linking with them on doing different things, kind of like how apps are doing with, with labels? I mean, with us, it's, it's, for me, in my involvement, it's, it wasn't really a focus because it's something that we have on hand because a lot okay. of my clientele from my marketing company are artists. So, I mean, I am looking for a lot of opportunities to, you know, cross-promote a lot of different projects. I don't really think it was a, a real focal point just because I, I feel like it's something that is kind of so easy for us to reach. Um, it's, it's so easy for us to facilitate just because of the fact that I have those type of relationships. I'm kind of just wanting to brand to the, the notion of when they do deal with me and when they do think of a certain type of urban entertainment, you know, to kind of brand the Killer Boombox name onto them. I don't really think that it's something that really necessarily that we wanted to focus on is like, oh, can you please hold us down? Can you please do this? I mean, we're still going to have that right. interaction with them because of our tie-ins to other outlets. I don't really think it's anything that we're like, oh, we have, we really need y'all to, you know, hold down Killer Boombox and let us please do this. I don't think it's going to be that at all. I think it's going to be a situation where they're going to really, really view us as something that they really need because especially where our home base is, our home base is Boston, you know, in New York, but primarily out of Boston. And, you know, when you go to Boston, especially in urban entertainment, what urban entertainment are you really focusing on? There really isn't any. So we want to, like, fill that void and, and be like that, that thing that they know that they can go and reach out to when they're in the market. So that was kind of one of our strong focal points with them on that level, not necessarily just needing them, but them, you know, looking at it as like, wow, we go to, we already don't have urban radio market, and there already isn't a big presence of, you know, anything urban online or anything trendy in that area because it's so corporately controlled. So we want to kind of like be that outlet for them and them to view it. But like, okay, now we have something that we want to go to the market to actually interact with, other than just the few powers that be that already exist there. Yeah, and, so and it's, it's other part of it is, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I was saying, Brandon, so it's basically there if you need it, but not a focal point. You could do it as if needed. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not 100% necessary. It's not something, I mean, we have so many outlets between the three of us, you know what I'm saying, the things that we're already doing that, I mean, I honestly feel like it's going to get to a point, maybe not necessarily next week or next month, but, you know, hopefully within the next 12 months, where it's going to be a point where we're kind of like pushing people away. So not necessarily intentionally mm. away, but like, so we have so many plans and ideas. You know, that selected basically. Naturally, that you know, we haven't even put in our marketing strategy yet. Like everything that's come has come, you know, fluid and has come naturally. So I feel like if we're getting this response now, and you know, we haven't even aggressively come up with a strategy. Well, we have a strategy that we've come up with. We just haven't enacted it yet. Once that's even put in, I think it's going to be a real. It's going to be a frenzy. Like I'm pretty positive of that fact. Yeah, because, I mean, just to piggyback what he was saying, like he, you know, we talk about the whole idea of when when artists come to Boston, it's almost like once they get past, you know, Hartford, they feel like there's nothing else for them to come and see and see when it comes to New England. And because the home base is in Boston, we want to create a situation where when you come into the New England market, that you know, Killer Boombox becomes one of those destinations. Like you, like you got to go to radio, you got to talk to this newspaper, and I got to go to Killer Boombox. You know, long term, one of the goals is to create. We're gonna have our our full office space, but in the office space will be studio, a podcast center, so that 
we can be able to kind of capitalize on that so that people will be able to come in, do a full interview, all that kind of stuff. We do that on camera stuff. We can do all of those things in our own space. So. Now, I know you, you touched upon it, but to remind the listeners or kind of, you know, focus back on it, what's the editorial direction for Killer Boombox? Where do you see this in the next six months to a year? And, you know, with your writer community, do you plan on expanding that or tightening the team that you already have? Well, in terms of our the, the kind of idea and the focus, the editorial focus for Killer is always to create intelligent and entertaining content about the about urban urban music culture, urban entertainment culture. So, you know, and we want to find different people. Like we are definitely looking for team members now and uh, we have some people that are that work with us that do incredible work and we want to just keep building and creating a team that, that can really create quality content on a consistent basis. I think that's one of the that I want it to be quality content in every realm. So if we do a video piece, it's quality. We do uh, a mixtape, it's quality. Our shows are quality. Everything is something where people feel like when they, when they see Killer Boombox that they're getting something that, that is worthy of their time. Because there's a million different sites that you can go to. We want you to be... We want you to come to us because you know that you're going to get the best when you deal with us. So philosophy-wise, like our our whole thing is about being quality and giving intelligent, thought-provoking content on a continual basis, and that's that's what we're targeting. Over the next 12 months, like I said, you'll see a, an expansion of that content. So you're going to see more reviews. You're going to see more interviews. That's the stuff that we kind of work with already, but you're also going to see the expansion of that you know, you're going to see our 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 own self-created um, podcast. You're going to see more webisodes and different TV shows. You know, more on-camera interviews. Just more of what we've already been doing in small pieces. Just going to see it taken to another level. And Brandon, now that we got the editorial direction, Brandon, real quick with uh, the business direction. I know you had mentioned, um, you know, kicking in the social media strategy. What else are you planning to do to get Killer Boombox out there? And then where do you want to be? I don't know if you all, since you are. It's not a year old yet. Where do you want to be fiscally with Killer Boombox? One of the things that we want to, you know, kind of have a big emphasis on is um, a lot of tie-ins. That's going to be a really big thing for us. Doing a lot with um, with DJs, doing a lot with a lot of um, um, a lot of organizations. We kind of just want to put our name out there in as many assets as we can. Um, we have a situation where we're going to be setting up a lot with a lot of college. We're going to be doing a lot with a lot of artists, with a lot of things that I'm dealing with as far as on the show off side. Are going to be a lot of tie-ins and killer boombox as far as us creating eventually a network, which is one thing that I know Greg wants to to bring to the table is us having similar to how Complex has their network having a killer boombox type network where we do have our own magazines and other websites that are affiliated with us and you know radio shows and podcasts and everything which is all in the works now that you know he's also developing along with our content and things of that nature um I mean, we, we kind of just want to have our own entity but you know some of the things that a lot of the other companies are doing just have our own twist on it I definitely want to have a lot more of an interactive approach with it, which is why we're going to be dealing so heavily with college students and with DJs and brands and things of that nature because we want to directly reach out to people. We want to be able to, A, push the the real-time factor, and B, be able to have a real tight connection with the consumer because I'm just kind of pride myself on that. And that's just one thing that I'm big on is being able to be accessible to the masses. So I feel like if we can get to that message across and get it the way we want it to, I think everything will work out pretty well for both okay. sides. Being interactive, do you all see the interface of the website actually changing or is it going to kind of stay the same or kind of evolve as you all go along? 
I think it's going to evolve as we go along. I mean, I think a lot of the things that we're doing now are trial and error. We're learning as we're going, and mm-hmm. I think we're definitely on the right path. I think that it's definitely just like any business. I don't think there's any business out there that doesn't evolve into something bigger and better. I don't think we want to keep ourselves kind of boxed into one thing. I can't say that it won't or that it will you know, branch out into other forms of music. I think eventually that will. I know that we've already discussed bringing in a, a tech side to the whole thing, you know, doing a lot of, you know, things of that nature. Um, you know, we don't want to just necessarily just stay, you know, hip-hop, R&B, or reggae, things of that nature. Maybe one day Killer Boombox will go off and we'll have the rock aspect or we'll have a country aspect or something, you know. Those are the things that we'll shy away from, but, you know, we're just going to let things go as, as they come along. You know, we're not going to force anything. We're not going to push anything out of the ordinary yet. We just kind of want to move things as as is comfortable but still be aggressive and still kind of present ourselves in a very, you know, positive light. So we've gotten a lot of, you know, really crazy feedback from people that we didn't think would, that we'd even be on their radar from people like DJ Evil D hit me and was like, yo, I love your site. You know, I love everything. Somebody I grew up, you know, listening to, I didn't even think I'd ever even have a conversation with him. And that dude, like, loves the site. So, you know, just me knowing that and, you know, people like, I'm showing it to people like DJ Premier and I'm showing it to, you know, a variety of different artists, you know, LEP Bogus Boys and, you know, you name it. Everyone's giving us a very positive response. And I know that they don't have to because, you know, I've seen them look at other sites and be like, you know, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. For people like that to, like, view the site as something positive that they don't mind you know, doing something for or that they don't mind showing other people because it's not going to be anything that's like trivial or anything that's negative to, you know, what they're doing and things that they, you know, want to put their name on. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I yeah, definitely agree with that. And I was like say that. on the eyes. Oh, go ahead, Greg. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that, and to answer your question about the um, the interface of it, like it definitely is going to change as 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 the content changes and as as we grow, you know, those things are going to change. Like I kind of already have ideas for Killer 2.0 in my mind already. Um, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, but I definitely, you know, as we grow, you're gonna you're gonna see the site be you know different, and because it's necessary, like you know, you have to evolve. You know what I mean? Um, I definitely, on the content side, because, you know, that's my major responsibility, is, you know, I've always kind of thought, like, I want to I want to make the moves that, like, newspapers should have made. One of the biggest mistakes that we've, we have in, in the in United States is the, the printing business and the publishing business. And one of the biggest problems is that no one ever understood that as print kind of went away, that people didn't stop reading or they didn't stop wanting to hear that information it was just how they access the information. If you're smart about kind of transferring and moving your business into those other realms, you'll be able to still stay profitable and be successful. I think the, you know, I guess my my mentality in terms of, of the business is that money doesn't disappear. Like, you know, people say the music business is horrible. It's just not the same. You know, you can't, you're right. It isn't the same. People's desire for music is probably bigger than it's ever been. You know, you put out a song now and, you know, two, you you have to come out with a song two days later. People want you to keep giving them new stuff. So people have an insatiable desire around entertainment. So you just have to be smart about being able to kind of be, be where the next wave is, and I think that's something that we're constantly having conversations about and making sure that we position ourselves correctly to be able to take advantage of where we see the whole entire entertainment game moving. Yeah, that and see, that went back to my question about how people – digest media, not media, but oh yeah, media 
and content now. You know, everybody wants everything on their phone, and if it's not on their phone, they don't, you know, they don't really want to deal with it because people spend more time out and about than sitting down like they used to. Um, my last question for you all, um, you know, starting to see a lot more things online than in print, and then you're also starting to see five to ten different sites with the same information on who broke what news first, and this is a general question. What's going to be the needed leverage to stay relevant in the digital space? How do you say relevant in a digital space? That's, I mean, really it is, it kind of goes back to what we were saying about our original philosophy. You have to have, I think for us, what's going to make us different or what what makes us different is that we have a respect for the culture and we have a respect for the reader and our our consumers, for the people that are out there. We know that people want good, you know, good quality content and, you know, our desire is kind of to give it to them on a continual basis. But our concept of what quality is is a little bit different. So we know that, you know, that people want to hear an intelligent discourse about hip-hop and why why people make records in a certain way or the certain things, the themes of, of music that like people are having discussions, discussions that go beyond what record is hot in the club. You know what I mean? And I think that there's a lot of sites out there, but there's not really that many that, that do that, but also understand the other sides of the business and the and the marketing aspects of it and how to kind of put that out there. You know, no one's really marketing intelligence. You know what I mean? And I, I think that I think where we we will kind of stand up and kind of be different is that we'll be able to kind of you know provide people with good entertaining content, but and also we'll always be respectful of the reader and the culture. And I think that's the thing that's most important. I think people are putting stuff on their sites, and it's because they want to get hits, but they don't necessarily think about the long-term results of that, you know? Right. Yeah. Brandon, what are your thoughts? Do you have any final words on that as far as leveraging in the digital space? I feel like we have a strong advantage with our other businesses that are, that we incorporate into the Boombox. I mean, my side doing, you know, music marketing, you know, Greg with him doing all his, you know, things in journalism. I mean, I feel like we have a lot of the the key components to really make this site, you know, really strong and also keep it very relevant as far as always being up to date on what's going on, creating certain trends eventually. Also, you know, being like that one of those first people that are like, oh, we got this record first, so we got these songs, and yet we want to put you on today's artist early. So we've actually been attributed by people actually already saying like, hey, you know, when I want to learn about somebody new or thank you for putting me on to a certain artist that I didn't even know about them until I saw you sign. We really mm-hmm. feel like we're in a position where we can stay that way for a very long time. We don't have to lose our edge. I mean, granted, we're going to have to always stay competitive and be very aggressive, which is something that none of us have a problem doing so specifically. So I really think that, you know, we just have the right mentality. So we just have to really focus and continue doing what we're doing now is make sure that we, you know, present it in, a, you know, in, in the same way, you know, continuously in order to keep it going. I'm very confident in, in the people that I'm around and the people that are on this team, and I feel like we're only going to find best people as we go. You know, we're only going to create better opportunities. And I think we just, as long as we stay in tune of what's, what's relevant right now, I think we'll be good. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, in terms of the that, digital space... I like it. Go ahead, Jack. <laughs> I was going to say, in terms of the digital space, it, it, I don't think, and maybe in this, you know, will either be our... It'll be our, our tri- triumph or our downfall, but I don't necessarily think of just digital or, you know, hard copies or whatever. I think of great content, you know, and I don't even like using the word content I, because, but the best way to describe it is because we're going to be making so many different things is to call it content, but I think of just creating quality material. You give people quality work and they will come to you. 
you know, they give people quality. And the other part of it is that we understand what we understand what we do, and we understand where to find the people who like that. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, we have somebody like Brandon who's on the team who his marketing expertise is going to be able to get us where we need to go. So I'm, I have, you know, just like him, I have that confidence that we're going to be just fine. We're going to yeah. be perfectly okay. And in terms of the physical, I think you asked about the physical space. I think that it's very important right now that we are kind of in the Boston area just because of the things that we talked about. So physically we're probably going to have a space here before we have one anywhere else, but eventually it'll probably be a space here and one in New York. You know, we'll probably be working in both spaces, but I think for initially it'll probably be a Boston area space first on the, on the physical side just because because of what Brandon was talking about earlier. It's just like we want to bring some of that, that energy and, you know, the importance of that urban music culture here to this area. And in order to make that work and make it flourish, you kind of have to, you got to be here. You know, I mean, there's a lot of spaces in New York. There's a lot of people trying to do that in New York. But in the Boston area, there are people who are doing it, but they're not necessarily doing it the way we're doing it. And I think that that will help us, you know, contribute to making Boston grow a little bit more. Because that was actually one of the the pieces that we uh, wanted to attack as well with the site, to be able to provide one more one more institution. You know, God willing, that's what we'll grow to is to to be an institution that people will be able to kind of tie to this area. As the saying goes, if you build it, they will come. So I guess that's going to be what Killer Rocks is, is going to be then. Yeah, um, that's the plan. That's, that's the idea. <laughs> well, how can people find out more information about Killer Rocks and then what you'd like to find you all professionally? If they want to reach your work on Examiner or they want to find out stuff about show-offs, fill the beans, social media, URLs, all that jazz. Just go to killerboombox.com. Bam. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, I mean, killerboombox.com, our Twitters are on there. Mine is gvalentinoball, at gvalentinoball. So yes. I'm on tweeting. I tweet about a variety of things from music to politics to, you know, like everything. So if you're the fate of heart, do not follow me, but... If you want to, want to have some good interaction, please feel free. In terms of what I do outside of, of uh, Killer, I mean, you can find you – find, I also do video production as well, so that's something that you'll, you'll see some of that on the site. But, you know, if you want to follow, you want to find out about all that, just, you know, at G Valentino Ball on Twitter. And, you know, go to KillerBoomBox.com and you'll find everything else. Everything you and need Brandon, to know is there. And you're obviously on Twitter, too. Saying, yeah, what he said. So KillerBoomBox.com, find out everything they need to know about the Killer Boombox life. Thanks again to the fellas for joining me tonight, Greg and Brandon. Um, for all things Killer Boombox related, check out KillerBoombox.com. You can catch this episode and other archive shows podcasting on iTunes by searching George at Pierre in the iTunes store. Stay tuned for next week's episodes and listen all month as we continue to celebrate our two-year anniversary with all new episodes and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening to Georgia Pierre Radio.